Good morning, Sarepta. And good morning to anyone else who is tuned in this morning. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I hope and pray that the Lord will touch your heart as we journey together this morning for a few minutes. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for your presence. Please give us revelation to help us grow and change. So we may reflect you more and more. In Jesus' name, Amen. About two weeks ago, I received a WhatsApp from someone. And as I looked at it, there was a, the profile picture was that of the sea. And I thought, this looks interesting. I haven't been to the sea for a long time. So I clicked on the picture and had a look at it. And as I looked at the picture, it was as if God was saying to me, I'm like the sea. I am unfathomable. People come to me because they want to frolic in the waves or touch the edges of the sea. Some sail in boats, others in ships, but they stay on the surface. And I realized it's about our relationship with the sea. As I shared with Alan, he asked me to share further on it today. And as I've been praying and contemplating, <clears throat> it's all about our relationship with God. Some love the sea, and some don't. Some like the sand and the salt, others don't. Uh, some have never seen the sea, or heard its waves thunder. And as I contemplated and prayed around this, <clears throat> I realized more and more it's about how we relate to Him. And I want to go back to, there are two trees, only two significant trees in the Garden of Eden. Some of you will know as I've shared about this in the past. In Genesis 2.17 and 3.22, we find the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And the tree of life to me is the cross. In Revelation 13.8, it says, All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. This was God's plan right from before anything else. The tree of life was there. So Eve was tempted to choose death, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God said would produce death. She was tempted to disobey God and offend Him and violate the relationship that brings life to her. She chose rather to be independent and self-sufficient. She could not trust God with her life. She had to live by her intellect, the knowledge of right and wrong, the law, which makes relationship with God now redundant. That's the fall. She shared that with Adam. 
as well as with all of us. It's called sin, the state of all mankind. Then when Tim preached on Deuteronomy 30 last week, choose life, I knew I had to continue on this topic. Today, I want to build an awareness of two choices represented by two questions. The first question is, is this right or wrong? A question that roots in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Are you camping in the land of right and wrong? Or do you live under the tree that brings life? Those two choices and those two questions, is this right or wrong? And the question that brings life is, will this bring life to me, to my neighbor, to the world around me? The question you ask reflects where the answer is sourced. Which tree are you living under or are you looking to? In Romans 8, 1, Paul says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. We see these two against each other again, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, and the law of sin and death. In Jeremiah 31, 33 to 34, it's prophesied and quoted in Hebrews 8, verse 10 to 13. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now listen to this. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The key is knowing the Lord, choosing life, choosing to know him and be known. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Let us look at some examples in Scripture. Exodus 20 verse 18, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. They rejected the relationship that was to bring life to them. They wanted to opt for a second-hand relationship through Moses. Do we do that today? Uh, Can you think of an example? I mean, immediately the Pope comes to mind. He will hear God and tell us. It separates us that one step from a relationship with God. We might be tempted to sometimes delegate that role to a pastor or a preacher to hear from God and come and tell us. But our relationship with God has to be a first-hand one. 
Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This was his purpose and plan that we may have life and have it to the full. In John 73, he says, now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. In Matthew 7, 21, 23, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, your evildoers. You see, the thing that's absent there is the relationship that brings life. How do we choose life? When we choose to trust Jesus and find a relationship with God and believe that he has paid for our sins and set us free from fear and guilt and shame and we confess our sin and we forgive ourselves and we accept his grace. We find life for ourselves. But what about becoming a conduit for life? We're not supposed only to choose life but to be channels of life. What will bring life to the world around us? You know what will? When we forgive the person near or next to us that have offended us. If I ask the question, what will bring life to my relationship with my wife, if I'm offended or angry, is when I forgive. When we love one another, we bring life. We become the living letters Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2 and 3. Letters written by the Spirit on our hearts. And we carry the fragrance of life which he writes about in 2 Corinthians 2 15 and 16. It's a smell of death to those who are lost. But the fragrance of life to those who know Christ. So, I've thought about some homework. What do we do? I want to challenge you to find examples in Scripture. I'm going to give you three, where people have operated from the question, what will bring life? The first one is, we read in the book of Esther, she was a young girl called Hadassah also known as Esther. And she defied the law or the rule or the custom of the time that you may not appear before the king at the danger of losing her life. And she decided she will appear before him and then ask what she has on her heart. She Answer the question, what will bring life to me, to my people, to the Jews? And that was the question that led her on this journey, that eventually brought justice and righteousness to the Jews, and space to live and favor. A, a second example is Jesus on the cross. While he was hanging there, 
he chose to forgive. And he said, Father, forgive them. He prayed for the people who were crucifying him. Forgive them. Do not hold the sin against them. That brought life to them. Then Stephen, when he was stoned, he was able to say, and Paul was standing there, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So, for homework, practice. Here are some examples. When I speak to people who have conflict in their relationship, I sometimes have to say to them, you can, you can remain right, you are right, and you insist on being right. You can remain right and then be divorced. Or you can confess your part of the problem and be reconciled. That will bring life to you, to your relationship. When we ask for forgiveness, we bring life. What will bring life to our country, to our lives? <clears throat> I've had to ask for forgiveness. On a few occasions, I've had to stand up in, in events and ask Zulu and Indian people, will you forgive me where I represent the Afrikaans' uh, face of apartheid of the past, of which I was a part? Thank God I got forgiveness and tears and hugs and restored relationships. That brings life. So, when we look at state capture, and we ask the question, what is the right thing to do? Most of us will respond and say, those people have to rot in jail. They need to be brought to justice and trial, and then uh, we'll be happy. But will that bring life? What will really bring life to them? When they find Jesus. And only when we realize that will we pray for them accordingly. Father, forgive them. Because that will cause a domino effect of grace and forgiveness. COVID-19. What is the right thing to do under the COVID regulations? This is a funny one. Because really, obeying the rules might actually save our lives physically. But what will bring life to people around us? When we use the opportunities we do have, we've seen how creative people have become. And now we can even use the media to do what we never thought would be possible. Instead of gathering on a Sunday, we meet like this. So praying and asking the question, what will bring life? Will release the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in and through your life. And now there might be those who say, well, nothing of this is new to me. I have a special word for you then teach it to someone else. 
teach them to ask the question, what will bring life? And live from that answer. Make a disciple. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came that we may have life. Help us to understand and see and be a channel of that life. Let it flow through us to our community and even to our country. We ask that you touch and bless everyone, each ear that is heard and every heart that is yielding to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.